Welcome to 3Talk, coaching conversations for modern day living. With backgrounds in business, marketing and teaching, Susie, Lucia and Fleur bring you tips and tools to help you live the life you want to live. 3Talk, transforming lives for the better. Hello everybody and welcome to 3Talk. Today we're going to be revisiting one of the episodes that you may recall listening from sometime around summer, which was about how to boost your courage. Today we want to talk about bravery and what does it take and what does it really mean to be brave? Because I think contrary to what we commonly think, bravery is not about being fearless. It is indeed about having fear and facing it. So we wanted to take the opportunity in this episode to break some myths about bravery and help you understand the benefits of venturing past your fears. So let me start by saying that courage, as I said, is not the absence of fear. Courageous people do feel fear, but they are able to manage and overcome their fear so that it doesn't stop them from taking action. And they often use the fear to ensure that they are not overly confident and that they take the appropriate actions. Courage and being brave is not about blindly rushing in, uh, but thinking about it and then doing it anyway if it's necessary. And sometimes courage can come in the shape of taking action, but I think it's also important to know that sometimes it does mean to stay silent to think things through and step into action after careful consideration. So what do you think, Flair? What does bravery mean to you? Well, Lucia, I think sometimes I can be a bit too brave and rush in before I've overly thought about things. So I am now trying to be more consciously brave. So thinking, is this a time to speak up? Is this something that needs to be said? Is this an action that needs to be done? Because we do need to have to look after our energy and think about our priorities. And we don't have to be brave in everything we do. We have to keep thinking about that vision and what we really want to achieve in our life. We don't want to just have the bravery badge. So I think it's got to be carefully considered. And I don't think we really touched on that before. So I think that's an important um, point to make. Just because we want to learn to be brave doesn't mean that we have to be showing our bravery in every single way. Make sure it is apparent to your vision and what you want to achieve in your life. Yeah, I think that's a good point. And also sometimes being brave is associated with being spontaneous. And I think there is a huge distinction to be made there. Being brave doesn't mean acting straight away or rushing in, as we were saying. Be brave has a lot of complexity and depth to it. So bear with us as we dig in in the mysteries of what being brave means. The number one is that courage means being afraid and acting anyway. So as we said in our intro, being courageous does not mean that you are fearless. It means that you are indeed afraid, but you do it anyway. Because the reward or the results of doing so are far better than the pain you're going through now. And I think it's important to know that, you know, feeling the fear or or the pain, it is an emotion that people know well. Uh, And the secret to courage is all about learning not to avoid fear, but to metabolize it, to use it as that 
force to propel you or to help you act in a way, not to allow fear to be that paralyzing force, but to be the propelling force. Yeah, and I think we can get too much into thinking about all the problems that can happen and overusing our imagination to imagine problems instead of thinking about what is our goal and that we might have to feel an uncomfortable feeling, which is basically what fear is, to get us where we want to go. So it's kind of like you said, managing that fear and using it for you as, yes, this feels a little bit uncomfortable, but it also can make you feel alive because after you faced your fear, you can feel incredible. You can feel proud of yourself. So using that fear in a positive way. Which leads us to number two. Um, And I think contrary to what we tend to think, courage is not innate. Uh, We tend to think that we're either brave or we aren't. But the truth is that courage is like a muscle. And as such, it can be exercised. What does that mean? It means that you've got to practice, 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 and practice. So by taking small, courageous steps, we develop the ability, or the muscle, to actually be more daring, braver, more courageous. And suddenly what once seemed an impossible quest becomes something that you can do with your eyes closed. I think the way to look at this is by thinking that courage is a habit and you can't, as we said, exercise it. But most of us are more courageous, so we shouldn't expect to just magically acquire this ability without practice. And I really like this quote from Brene Brown, uh, who wrote in her book, The Gifts of Imperfection, courage is a habit, a virtue. You get it by courageous acts. It's like you learn to swim by swimming. You learn courage by couraging, if that is even a word. But I think it really illustrates how you can get more courageous and how you can learn to be brave rather than thinking, well, I'm not a brave person. Well, eh, wrong. You can't be a brave person. Yeah, I think that's a really important point, Lucia, especially from somebody who's worked in education for a long time. You found that children would either label themselves from a very early age as brave or courageous, and then they live up to it. So we have to be really careful not to put these labels on ourselves or on our children, because sometimes we feel brave, sometimes we don't. Sometimes we have more energy, and we're feeling better about ourselves, and of course then we have more confidence or courage if you like to put it. So we have to be really careful of these labels. You know, we can say we're learning to be more brave. We're learning to be more courageous. It's not something that is it. It is not a fixed thing. Because as we've said before, the brain is malleable. It can change all the time. The neurons can change. And that is from the doing from the doing, you rewire. You rewire those thoughts by engaging. So just keep practicing, as Lucia said. Step by step, I quite like that one. Um, I think myth number three is that courage is not an inner job. And let me explain this, because it is and it isn't. I think, you know, we all know people that just seem to be courageous and they are, they've got the ability of motivating and finding that strength within themselves. But Being brave is infectious and it is an energy that drops off you and others. So 
I like to say that being brave is as infectious as being afraid. And often courage is much more communal and more attainable than we think. So people find strength in numbers. It is much easier to act in the company of, of even one other person who feels the same way that you do. I think the hardest thing in the world is to dissent solo. And sometimes you'll have to go at it alone. Uh, don't get us wrong. So there will be times where you would have to be courageous on your own. But often it is a necessary. So gather up and surround yourself with people that are you know, giving you the strength that you were lacking at some points until you can find that courage for yourself. I think this goes back to our primitive kind of innate way, isn't it? That we work best in groups. We work best when we're supporting each other because you do find courage within each other. And that might be because one person is better at, for example, Lucia and I, she's better at the tech. I might be better at other things, you know, but you bring courage together. So if I was doing this podcast on my own, I would find it very, very difficult, you know, if the tech went wrong or I had to put the marketing together. So we use each other's skills. So it's a really good one. If there's things that you're not finding easy, find people that find that thing easier and work together. And that will help you feel more courageous and also help you learn how to do the things that you can't do. We can all learn. We're not fixed, as we said before. Mm, it's about encouraging each other and tapping onto each other's resources. Because as you said, what, you that, what you're lacking, someone else may have. And just by associating yourself with that person actually gives you the ability or opens your eyes to the fact that if somebody else has done it, you can do it too. And you can be taught how to do it. So it becomes more, you know, easier it becomes more relatable so you find that strength in numbers that we were saying yeah it's also what you've been exposed to isn't it really you've worked more on tech I worked more with you know parents and children it's just what you've worked on more is where you're going to have your strengths so again don't label yourself as not being able to do something it might be just something you haven't done a lot of I mean because in school we had a tech person that was there all the time so we didn't need to get good at it try not to put these labels on yourself but do work in numbers. <laughs> um, number four, it feels good to be brave. And you, Fleur, were saying it um, earlier. I think, like, you know, it's fair enough to say that it is daunting too. But above it all, it does feel good. And you probably are asking why. Well, because when you dare, when you've ventured past your fears and accomplished what you set yourself to do, you prove yourself that you're capable of doing it. And overcoming these challenges not only gives you the opportunity to succeed, which is, you know, what you ultimately want, but also gives you the opportunity to learn, to gather more evidence and proof. So when you come to need bravery in the future, you know you can do this because you've done it before. Yeah, I think it's a really good point. And it goes back to that Henry Ford quote, doesn't it? If you think you can, you can. If you think you can't, you can't. So it's, again, thinking with that I can attitude then makes you feel brave. It's like that cycle. And it does, you know, feel empowering when you're brave because we all have the ability deep down inside us. It's just being brave enough to take those steps to allow us to keep building on the good. So, yeah, feeling great, brave is a, 
is so important to keep trying and not stay stuck because staying stuck sucks, let's basically. Myth number five is bravery is for superheroes. And I think quite frequently the image of superhuman or Superman, sorry, or Wonder Woman comes to our mind when we think of courage. But quite frankly, you know, courage comes in many shapes and many forms. And for some people, getting out of bed day after day, it is indeed an act of bravery. And for some others, speaking out loud or going to demonstrations is the way in which they show courage. I think the main point is to focus on on the people or costs that you're standing for. Because as we said, it is easier to be courageous on behalf of, of, of others than it is to be courageous for your own sake. And I think once you've mastered this, once you manage the ability or learn the skill of being courageous for something else, then you can start focusing on yourself and being courageous for your own course too. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think sometimes people do find it a lot easier to be brave for other people. But also that can be about being authentic and if it's something that really feel you'll feel passionate about. If you focus on something you feel passionate about, then it will help you use your bravery or unleash your inner power because the cause is more important than, you know, staying stuck, I suppose, or using the fear. You will get over it because you really believe in it. And that's a good way of learning to be braver. I was speaking to a mum this morning and she said, you know, her daughter was being bullied. So she had to stand up to the head teacher. And she said, finally, I felt empowered. Well, obviously, she felt such a course to stick up for her daughter that she couldn't believe what actual um, bravery she had inside. And that's kind of that point that we all have it there. But sometimes when we've got a cause, it just pushes us through our fear barriers quicker. And we can learn from that, as Lucia said. Yeah, it's funny that force majeure, right? It's something that is bigger than you that makes you kind of say, yeah, no, this isn't going to happen anymore. I'm going to face it and overcome it. Quite frequently, actually, you know, having children gives you that. So if for those of you not listening to us, you may or may not have children, but find that sort of relatable feeling of caring for something so far beyond yourself that it gives you that strength to say, this is it, I'm taking action. I think that's, you know, that's the bottom line of what we're saying here. Number six is about knowing that courage can be directed. I think, you know, this one is about learning to attend to positive signals and to discount or disregard the negative ones. Many of us have a negative bias that causes us to pay more attention to disapproval than to positive reinforcement. And we should be aware of these and, and, you know, steer ourselves and our minds into that positive stimuli to keep reminding us of the things that are going well or the good reasons why we're doing something to keep us encouraging to be brave and daring. Yeah, I think that's, again, like we've said before, it's the way we're programmed, isn't it? We're programmed to keep ourselves safe. So it's easy, not easy, but I think it's more typical to look for the negatives and, you know, having the confidence or mindset to get your brain to work for you and not against you. Mm. It's easier to ignore the good 
signals because we kind of think that that might be our mind playing tricks on us, whereas the negative ones we perceive as warnings and therefore they are there to be taken into account. So I think it's about discerning those two and learning that, you know, at the same time as you're having those negative indicators you could also have the positive indicators and take those into account too there might be actual positive signs leading you one way and telling you yes the path that you're following is the right one so stay alert for those signals as well and you know keep keep your track yeah i think it's about listening to your your mind your body and your heart isn't it Mm. as well keeping that in alignment so yeah listen to both sides but make sure that you know you're building on that positive because that will make you more courageous um number seven is finding your courageous role models and i think similarly what we were saying about finding strengths in numbers sometimes looking for examples or role models showing up for the world or themselves can give us strength we need to there in our own way. So when you're looking to, what you're trying to stretch yourself beyond your apparent limits, there's a part of you that wonders whether it can actually be done. And a role model is that constant reminder that the answer is yes. So channel that person until it feels natural to channel your very own self. Mirror these others, look at what they did and the proof that what they done can actually be achieved and mirror those behaviors or those uh you know actions until you can find your own path in there yeah there's a really good book called the alter ego and that basically teaches you how to be the person you need to be in a situation that you find fearful because we kind of we are different in different situations so i'd recommend that book And lastly, number eight is picture the end goal. Because it is easier to brave yourself when you have a clear understanding of what you're trying to achieve. And it's also easier when you picture all the steps to get there in your own head. Make a plan, write down the pros and cons, the things that can go wrong, and then plan what to do when these things go wrong, because chances are they will. But when you feel prepared, fear fades. So focus on the positive outcome, stay clear and have that clear vision in your mind of what you're trying to achieve, that end goal. Because it's easy to let our heads, our negative voices take the driving seat and prevent us from doing what we want to do. But ultimately, when we dare to act, we will realize that our fears were far bigger in our heads and the negatives were not so much so. Yeah, I think that's really important, having that vision so you're really, really clear about what you want to achieve and being prepared to fail. You know, failures, or you don't even have to call them failures, you can just call them learning opportunities. They are stepping stones to success because they tell you what works and what doesn't work. So have that in your mind, that it is okay to things to not work out. It's impossible that everything you do is going to work out right. So instead of going, oh, this was a failure, you say, okay, this is a learning opportunity. I won't do it this way, but next time I need to do it this way. Or I've learned now I don't like doing this. Now I'm going to try this. So it wasn't a waste of time. It was a way of teaching you what you needed to learn. 
Very good point. So people, we say, be afraid, but do it anyway. And remember that life begins at the end of your comfort zone. And if in doubt, seek help. Look out for those helping voices, giving you the strength and support that you're lacking. And let them be your strength until you have gathered up yours and are able to do it on your own. So thanks so much for listening to us one more week. Thanks for your support. And don't forget to leave us a comment or a review. It's very much appreciated. Subscribe, share the love, and thank you for keeping us going. Have a great week and see you next time. Much love.